0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. This is the Tic Tac Toe Hockey talk, Podcast, and I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy, joined as always by the, I guess, handsome, sometimes smart. Extremely Adam, handsome. <laughs> Adam Daly. Adam, what's going on, buddy?
1: Not a whole lot, man. You?
0: Ah, I think uh, we're just uh, lamenting our, our tilts already, and I, I got I to... Gotta, our you know, our tilt of the week. I've I've got mine all set for for the end of this podcast. <laughs> you might have yours already just from that game, but um yeah, not a whole lot going on. I guess we started last week's podcast with full gear at the AEW pay per view. So what'd you think of it?
1: Um overall, pretty big fan. If there wasn't the Moxley Omega match, then it would have taken a real hit. But that match was like everything, man. That was got me right back in. Yeah, I was I was in on AEW, and now like I'm, I might even start watching NXT and other shit.
0: Like that was, like it was a forty minute hardcore match, and it was the most insane hardcore match I've ever seen. Like I like, yes, I know they're not using real barbed wire because we're not you know murdering people here. But they use wire with holes in it. Like, they're poking holes in their bodies. God knows, like, when they did that spot onto that bed of the fake barbed wire, God knows how many holes um, they poked in their back or their neck or their fucking arms or their legs. Uh, anyways, it was just insane. Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you. It was a decent pay-per-view up until that match, but a great pay-per-view after. Um, um,
1: real quick, what would you think about MJF? Is it the right time? or?
0: I mean, here's the thing. I think they needed they needed to do something and they needed they needed to bring him in and do something with him cuz he really hasn't done anything with him since they started in the summer right like he's been around but he's well, yeah, only...
1: he's, he's almost never in the ring either
0: right but... exactly he's only been in a couple like i think one match maybe two um in like you know 5 months or whatever um but anyways i i like i I I can understand why people are saying it's early, but they they had to get something going with them. They needed another heel um, besides Jericho because too many people like him already. I mean, people are going to like MJF anyway, but they needed another heel. And they need something to do with Cody um, You know, after his match with his brother and then keep him out of uh, the title chase. They needed something else to do with him. This seems like an obvious thing to do, but... I, I can understand both sides of that argument, but that's enough for the AEW right now. Of course, everybody out there is, well, I'd say most people are here to listen uh, to some hockey talks, so we're going to cover uh, the 10-game slate for Saturday, November 16th, um, DraftKings FanDuel, wherever you happen to play. Um, I don't know how about, I know, I know we've talked about results lately, but uh, after banking that, uh, 20 max. It'd be about three weeks ago now. Man, the results have not been good. Like, I thought it was cooking last night with a, I had a, a few p- Tampa Bay power play stacks. Um, the game where they won 9 3. Uh, ended up slight profit, but you know, considering where you start to where you finish, it's just kind of a downturn. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of frustrating. But then you see, you see some good people like Josh Harris and, and Colin Drew um, win their tickets to the Fantasy Hockey World Championship. So congrats to them. And um, you know, <laughs> I don't think I'll be qualifying anytime soon because I never play. Do you ever play in those qualifiers?
1: Uh, I don't know, like couple of season, basically.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, like I
1: I would have won a ticket three years ago now, and I swapped off the lineup like two minutes before lock so i'm I'm kind of tilted on so it's qualifiers. so
0: you're working on year four of your tilt
1: <laughs> oh it's still guessing man.
0: yeah man I completely understand that so yeah no i I stopped trying to get in a couple of years ago I mean one I don't have the bankroll a lot, a lot of other people do um two it's just a money pit for me right like i'm I'm here to make money like I find the fantasy, the fantasy the world championship things. Like they're not meant for people to make money. They're kind of like a status symbol, right? Like they're basically like the Rolex of of fantasy hockey. Yeah. They don't. It's nothing special, but it's just for the prestige. So, uh, congrats to them, and congrats to anybody that does qualify. Uh, Doubtful you'll be seeing me there, but let's get to the slate. Like I said, we have ten games, and there are a lot of teams on back to backs. We had five games on Friday night. Uh, Washington and Boston are playing each other. They're both on a back-to-back. New Jersey, Montreal, um, both on a back-to-back. Ottawa going into Buffalo. Um, Ottawa's on the back-to-back. Toronto and Pittsburgh. Toronto's on the back-to-back. Philadelphia is at home to the Islanders. Um, Philadelphia's, is, uh, are they on? Yeah, they're playing tonight as well. Um, so there are a lot of teams here. Uh, the late games, not so much. Early games, a lot of back-to-back teams. Um, so there's a lot of information that we might not get. Um, until coaching lock or coaches availability about 90 minutes before lock 60 to 90 minutes before lock at 69 um, nice <laughs> nice um so we there's a lot of information we might not get so we're kind of flying blind on some stuff right now but there is um There are a lot of good spots on this slate. I mean, a lot of good spots. And uh, we should probably get to a couple of those right now. Now, the first one I want to get to is probably, it's going to be probably my favorite value line on the entire slate. And that's going to be um, the line of Filippito, Pavel, Buchnevich, and Chris Kreider um, heading into Florida. They're on the road taking on the Panthers. Now, the Rangers just got slaughtered um like that was what was it uh tampa bay scored four goals before the rangers even registered a shot if i'm not mistaken in that that is
1: is correct
0: oh god like that's just terrible yeah that
1: was an embarrassment yeah so penalties were a big part of that though
0: yeah but i mean but yeah yeah goals are goals but the thing is the rangers still scored three goals right and that's what we're looking for. I mean, they might be absolutely uh, god-awful defensively, but they're a top-10 team and goals four per 60 at 5-on-5, five five. <laughs> Like, right? Like, they're scoring, I swear, I kid you not, the New York Rangers are scoring more than the Toronto Maple Leafs at 5-on-5 five five as of Friday night. So, like, this is a team that can score, it's just they can't keep it out of their own net, and that's why they suck so much. Um, but that Rangers' second line, Hedel Buchnevich and Kreider, um, they're sitting at about 60 shot attempts for 60 minutes, which is just fine. Expect goals forward about 2.6, which is in, uh, it's, I think it's like the 80th percentile. I'd have to go back and look at my, my notes from Dauber. I, I went through like just what the limits are for um, diff- different level, uh, standard deviations, stuff like that. I think it's uh, in the second standard deviation, but I have to go and double check. But anyways, 2.6 is, is pretty good. Um, two-thirds of that line, um, Kreider and Bucinavich are on the top power play unit. Adam Fox runs the top power play unit. Now, Fox is starting to get a bit expensive. I think he's up to 4600 Um, I don't mind paying that price if you're going to um, throw him in um, to get a little additional power play stack. But here's the thing. This is the reason why I love the line. They're, yes, they're doing well offensively. Um, both the results and the underlying process are there. And they're cheap. They're only $13.5 um, on DraftKings. The reason I love this line is because I don't know if Mackenzie Wieger is going to be back uh, or not for um, Florida. But either way, the top pair for Florida, Ekblad and Wieger, have been great this year. When they're on the ice together, Florida's shot attempts against per 60 minutes is 39. Like that's just a stupid, stupid low number. Like amongst the best in the NHL. When they're off the ice, however, that number jumps up to 61. It literally jumps by about 50%. The Florida Panthers are allowing about 50% more shot attempts with Weegar and Ekblad off the ice than with them on the ice. So that depth, you know, when you get down to Yandel or Matheson or whomever, isn't very good defensively. And I think the Rangers easily, you know, the Rangers on the road on a 10-game slate are going to get overlooked. I'll be surprised if if that second line is over 5%. Um, So I think this is probably going to be my favorite value line of the night. Now, do you have any thoughts um, on this game? Do you have any thoughts on that line in general and maybe the matchups that the Rangers are going to face in this one?
1: Uh, A lot of the matchups is going to depend on what Florida does with their lines. So with Trocek and Connolly, Uh, and they moved Hoffman down. So usually Trocek sees the tougher minutes. Um, This year, obviously not the case, because he's been injured basically the entire year. Um, So I would expect Trocek to see Heedle's line. Um, Obviously the sample's too small of how they're going to look defensively. Um, They've only played like... Eight even strength minutes together as a line, so can't really consider that. But the 100 minutes Connolly and Trocek have played together, you know, you got to include Mike Hoffman in there. Um, but they've been fine defensively, not anything good, not anything bad. Um, so I do like what you're saying with New York's second line. Like they, they have a ton of upside, like you said with Uyghur and uh, Ekblad, you know. Florida without them on is a different beast. So I'm definitely on board with uh, with your pick there. Other side of the game, you know, Florida's top line is going to be probably pretty chalky. I know they're expensive. They're looks like a little over one. But, uh, you know, you watch the Rangers get pumped 9-3 against Tampa the other day. You know what Florida's top line is you got full power play correlation. Even on a 10-game slate, I could see them being a pretty popular pick. What I would like in this game, if you're not looking on the Rangers' side, is actually uh, Vitrano, Mulgan, and Hoffman. Last slate, when they were together, they were a three-winger line, so they didn't fit very well together. So I don't know if that's actually fixed in DraftKings or not. Uh, If it is fixed... I think they've got a lot of upside. Vetrano is like a shot machine. He's been a favorite of ours for God knows how long. Uh, Hoffman, same idea. All they do is shoot the puck, and you, you should see lower ownership than Florida's top line.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance Florida's, even at 21.5, you're talking about how expensive they are. They're 21500 on DraftKings. I think even at that price, there's a chance that they're the highest owned line on the slate. Just because they do have that perfect power play correlation, <laughs> everybody just watched, like you said, everybody just watched the Rangers get absolutely just blown away by Tampa Bay. Um, Florida is chalky, usually chalky. Anyway, I mean they were, I think they were the chalkiest team on the eight game slate on Thursday night, um, and this is an even better spot. So, um, I think there's a chance that Florida is the chalkiest line on the entire slate, even at twenty one thousand five hundred. But uh, I will say that does make me want to use Lundqvist. He's um, 7K. Uh, I, you know, I hope people learn their lesson uh, stacking against um, Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay is not a huge shot volume team. They've never really been. It's always been about the skills. So you're not even against a bad defensive team. Like I don't. I wasn't expecting a ton of shots. Um, I think. That's not necessarily the problem here with Florida. I mean, Florida's not a team um, that generates like a huge rate of shots anyways, but at least they're t- more towards the middle of the pack. Um, I don't think I have anything else to cover on that game. Like I said, I think Fox is starting to get a little bit expensive, but I don't mind using him. I... I Hoffman's one of my favorite one-offs. Like almost every time that they play, just because he's so much lower owned than everybody else, and and he's the focus of the power play. Like that's the guy that gets the puck um, to shoot. So um, Hoffman's one of my favorite one-offs. Not on not just on this slate, um, especially where you know he's cheaper than um, the top two wingers. Um, He just gets overlooked. So I do like Hoffman as a one-off in this game. Let's move to another game now. If anybody's seen the movie Tink Cup with Kevin Costner, he's a golfer. And there's a scene where he keeps putting the ball into the water over and over. And he keeps chipping from the exact same spot. And he will not move until he nails his shot. Until he stops missing the water. That's kind of what I feel like I'm doing here. Picking against the New York Islanders. I was... Just livid. I'm like, I hate that team. I just hate the team completely. They they're just, you know. Obviously, I'm speaking from a fantasy perspective. They just don't. There's just nothing useful about them whatsoever. Either stacking against them or stacking, um, that line or top two lines, um, but you look at their numbers and they're just not good. Like the expected goals against is bottom ten in the NHL. And worse than teams like the Kings and Leafs and Avalanche. And the Avs haven't had two-thirds of the top line for like a month now. Um, The Leafs have been fairly injured. The Kings, I think everybody expected to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. And their expected goals against is in their range. It's just, you know, slightly behind or slightly ahead, sorry, of both uh, Buffalo and the Wings. So, like, I don't think this, like, if you look at their heat maps, like, they're, Average-ish defensively. I think when you look at shots lot from the slot. Like, they're not great. It's not, like... I don't really get um, everybody lauding Barry Trotz's system. I'm not convinced it's not just great goaltending. Like, they have 940 goaltending. Like, of course your team's going to look great defensively when your team's goaltending's at 940. I think that's going to regress heavily. And that's why I kind of like the Flyers' top line here tonight. Giroud, Voracek, fairby I'm assuming that's the line... Like I said, they're playing right now. God knows what it's going to be um, tomorrow. Um, One, uh, they should get some power play minutes together. Two, like I said, it's just one of those situations where I don't think the Islanders are nearly as good defensively as they are. People avoid them like the plague, and rightfully so. I mean, realistically, um, even though their expected goals against is bad, their actual goals against is tied for best in the NHL, um, at least a 5-on-5. So, like, I I understand why people would avoid them, but that's also why I want to use the Flyers. So, I think I'm going to have some of the Flyers' top line here, assuming it's Giroud, Voracek, and Faraby. I mean, do the matchups even matter against the Islanders, or are they just basically the same type of blah from the top to the bottom of the lineup? Um,
1: I mean, defensively, they kind of matter. So, the the top line is actually one of the better lines. Um... Mm -hmm. Like, any line Nelson's on is going to be trash. Uh, Any line Broussard's on is going to be trash. They're going to give up a ton of shots. So for that perspective, like, I get what you're saying on Philly's top line. They're not going to see Barzell. That'll be Couturier's line that gets Barzell. So, yeah, they're going to have really good matchups. The only thing for me is going from Ottawa back-to-back, home against the Islanders, plus... Uh, I'm assuming it's Thomas Grace because it was Varley last game. I know you don't ever want to count on a goalie to hold up his end or whatever, but he is a very good goalie. He's been a good goalie as you know the past year and a half or whatever. I just it doesn't appeal enough to me. Like nothing in this game really appeals to me at all.
0: Yeah, I know, and that's that's kind of like what I meant by saying I know why people would avoid this game and why people would avoid against, stacking against the Islanders. Like, I get that 100%. I just don't think. Like, I have. I either have to trust the numbers here or not, right? So, their expected goals against tells me that they're way worse defensively than they're showing.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, don't get me wrong. They're, they're horrible defensively. It's more the Philly side that, that freaks me out. Like, if you gave me a rested team playing the Islanders... I'd probably be way more into it, but I don't know, I just don't like the the road home back to back. you know, like you said, we don't know what the lines are even gonna be right now. Presumably it's Farabee, or check, but maybe it switches again and I don't know for me it, this whole game is just an avoid
0: right. like right.
1: I, I think there's two lines that have the highest ceilings. And it's Barzal's line and it's Couturier's line. I don't think Giroud has that high of a ceiling anymore. Uh, Part of that is Like The kid's good. He takes shots. But for whatever reason, he's just not really with Giroud. So if I was going anywhere, I would probably take Barzal or Couturier. And and unfortunately, the matchup's not great. So yeah, for me, zero interest (laughs) in this guy. Nothing. I got nothing. Sorry, buddy.
0: All right. No, no. No no, that's fine. Like I said, I just, get I get why people would want to avoid this game. I just I think that the that Islanders goaltending has gotta regress and if I wait for it to regress and then start stop start using people against them, um, lines are gonna be double digit owned. Whereas I think I could probably get the Flyers top line at home tomorrow at what, like three percent or four percent or something like that.
1: Yeah, but I mean it's it's gonna be a ten game slate. Like a lot of lines with a high ceiling are gonna be
0: yeah, three, four, yeah,
1: right? Enough. Like, especially if if Florida's top line takes up like as much as we're kind of expecting it to, then that that's an expensive line, man. And you've got you know Ovechkin's on the slate.
0: I mean, that's I think that's the spot that kind of gets overlooked for the upside, right? Like they probably you know Washington on the road going into Boston, like facing against the Bergeron line is a pretty bad matchup, but. You know, if there's any line that's matchup proof, it's pretty. It's you know, one of them's Washington's top line. Yeah,
1: I mean, if we're, if we're gonna look at the Boston game, um, for sure the second Washington line is is what appeals to me because they will avoid Bergeron. They're gonna get to see like Sean Corrali and David Krejci and all those guys. And you know, I talked about Washington's second line last week of Kuznetsov, Wilson, and Vrana. They're just stupid good, like. 3.45 expected goals, four per 60. That's in a sample over like 200 minutes. So you can pretty well trust it. And I don't know, they they are a huge, huge ceiling line to me. Um, and, you know, they get the added benefit of not having to deal with Bergeron. I don't know if you wanted to talk about this game at all.
0: But I mean, I like, that,
1: that's really the only thing in this game, in that game, that would interest me.
0: I mean, I I was gonna bring it up for the point that I think maybe that Ovechkin gets overlooked, Ovechkin's lines gets overlooked because it is a ten game slate, they're on the road in Boston. But I do like what you're saying, um, about that Washington second line. That was that was actually the line I used when I banked that tournament uh, a few weeks ago. And you're right, like they look great offensively anytime they're on the ice, right? Like, oh yeah, like yeah. they they look like. They're gonna generate a scoring chance every time they're on the ice, and they 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 pretty much almost always do. Um, The one thing I have a hard like, am I gonna pay up fifty four hundred for Tom Wilson? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know.
1: I mean, he's he's the guy cleaning it up, right? Like, right. Verano comes in on his off wing. He takes the wrister. Either scores or Wilson's there to clean it up. Yeah. Done. Goal. 20 points. Moving on.
0: <laughs> 20. Oh well, I think that's, that's
1: what it is, right? 20 for a full line goal?
0: Yeah, well, 20 and a half, but...
1: Well, there you go. I mean... You just get a couple of those. As long as McDavid doesn't put up six six points, you're good. You're in business.
0: Yeah, that was quite the performance last night. Uh,
1: let's not talk about it <laughs>
0: okay fair enough yeah i mean yeah no i agree with you with washington too they're one of my favorite lines and they will be low owned like a, there's no chance they're double digits um they're not even that expensive i think they're just a shade over 17k so it's you know it's not like they're prohibitive you know if you want to you can still go out um and use some other expensive lines uh, if I'm not mistaken, like, Vancouver's top line isn't that expensive. Uh, Nashville's top line isn't that expensive, uh, depending what their lineup looks like. Because Michael missed mispracticed yesterday, um, or on Thursday. So, I mean, you can fit them in, you know, San Jose, Detroit. Uh, there are a lot of lines that you can use elsewhere on the slate with that line, and that's kind of the appeal of them, right, is that, you know, you're not using a twenty-two or $23,000 line and pigeonhole to using either third line or broken lines or whatever. So I do like that Washington 2 call. And I probably, like, I'm going to have some tomorrow. Like, at 20 lineups, I'll probably have two or three. So, um, yeah, let's go in on Washington 2 tomorrow. I like that. All right. Um, one game that has a lot of interest to me is Vancouver at home to Colorado? It's one of the late games tomorrow night. It'll be the late game um, in Canada on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, the thing is, Vancouver switched a lot of their lines around. Like lately, um, you know, a few games ago, they moved um, JT Miller down to the second line. He was down on the third line last game until the third period when they were losing, and then they moved him back up to play with Horvat. So they'd had Pedersen and Besser on one line, Horvat and Miller on on the other and then there's a rotating cast in with um horvat and miller like levo played there and pearson had a couple shifts and i think besser finished the game with them i'm gonna assume it's uh, josh levo for now um which would bring that line i think it to about 15k give or take so again not super expensive um but I want to make sure, I'm going to ask you, that they're going to get matched up against Nathan McKinnon, right? Because McKin- McKinnon, without Landis Kog and, and Rantanen, um, the defensive numbers haven't been good with Donskoy So uh, I just want to make sure that's the matchup. Um, because um,
1: I don't remember which line you're talking about because there's so many changes there. Okay. Uh, so are no. you talking
0: Horvat? Yeah, the Horvat line.
1: Yeah, Horvat will see McKinnon.
0: Yeah, okay. Cause, like, regardless of who his wingers are,
1: he'll see McKinnon.
0: Yeah, because I was just looking at um, Colorado's numbers since um, Ranton and Landis were injured. Um, shot attempts against um, with McKinnon and Donskoy on the ice are over 61 per 60, which is high. Um, expected goals against per 60 is 2.74, I think, um, which is high. Um, two thirds of the power play is going, or two thirds of that line is going to play on the power play. Horvat and Miller. Um, so you can pair, you know, if you want to, if you don't want to deal with having to worry with a late swap, you know, is it going to be Lavo or Pearson or whomever? Um, you can just do a two a two man stack with the defenseman for the power play. So you can do uh, Hughes, Horvat, Miller if you want. Um, not ex- again, not expensive. That'll probably bump things up. Maybe to about 16k, but still not expensive. Um, and I think this is a good like like I said, I think that matching up um, is is a good matchup. Um, Colorado is uh, slightly above average in taking penalties. Um, penalty kill hasn't been that great either, so I think that Vancouver second line or at least you know two of them, Horvat Miller, are going to be among my favorites because. Um, when people look at that game, they're gonna they're gonna stack Pedersen and Besser. Um I imagine Horvat and Miller would come in at less than half the ownership. So um that's kind of where I stand there. I it like do you have any like do you think um McKinnon is made that much worse defensively without Landeskog and Rantanen? and is that a reason to kind of attack them in this matchup?
1: Um I don't know how much worse he is like Normally, Donskoy is a huge, huge plus possession-wise, um, but I, I haven't really looked at their numbers the way you have. Like, I've got a 65 minute sample that's middling good for a top-line kind of thing. They're giving up a lot of shots. Um, the, the worry for me would be, yeah, Patterson's line is going to be chalky, but... It's pretty realistic to think Horvats will be too, you know. Like we talked about with the Tampa Ranger game, like people have recency bias and if that Werner kid is in nets again, like people are gonna wanna go to Vancouver. And Colorado on the whole is giving up uh thirty three actual shots per sixty, which is not good. That's a have uh five on one of the worst lines in the league. So I get what you're saying, Horvat versus McCain. It's a good matchup, and I agree with you. I just don't know, A, what the lines are going to be, and I don't like the confusion. I don't like not full stacking. Um, hasn't really worked out for me this year. It's kind of really... ...suck, but I still do it, so... I don't know, man. Just I don't really like rostering Bo Horvat, basically.
0: Don't let Slew listen to you. Um, Yeah. uh, Or no, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't know. I think it's a a decent matchup, and I don't think they see that much ownership. I mean, man, we have Boston at home to Washington. We have Buffalo in a smash spot. We have Florida in a smash spot. We have Toronto going up against Pittsburgh. Nashville also in a smash spot. Um, San Jose also in a smash spot like i just don't think vancouver is going to be that highly owned i really don't just because there are so many teams in good spots and there's also a lot of good offensive teams facing each other like i I, like ownership is not even a factor for me in this game regardless of the line i just think the second line is going to be a lot less owned than the first one i mean if
1: if the news comes out in the morning that grubauer is not playing then i'm going to disagree with you
0: all right should we make a friendly little bet then Sure. Okay, we'll we'll just we won't go with the third wheel. We'll just use Horvat and Miller. Okay. You give me the line that you th- you give me what ownership percentage you think will be the lowest between the two of them.
1: Man, I'm not, it's Friday night. My brain's not working that well. Repeat the question.
0: <laughs> okay. Just give me the owner. Just give me the ownership percentages you think that the, that Miller and Horvat are going to be coming in with.
1: Ah, uh, twelve to fifteen.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, I'll take the under on twelve. All right. I'll I'll give you that much. Twenty five bucks, I'll give you the under on twelve.
1: Done deal. Charity, Done deal. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: obvious to charity. Uh so yeah, I kinda like that. Free twenty five dollars to charity. I just gotta figure out which one I'm gonna donate to.
1: Yeah, okay, buddy.
0: Um Oh that
1: that is depending on uh if Warner's the starter.
0: Okay. Otherwise, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. All the cash. Hear that, charity? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sorry. I guess uh, sorry, Make a Wish Foundation or whomever. Um, (laughs) All right. I just want to get uh, to one more line I want to talk about, and following up on what I just said. Um, there are a lot of teams in smash spots. Like I said, Florida at home to the Rangers. Um. San Jose at home to Detroit, um, Nashville at home to Chicago, and then you have Boston and Washington, and then Toronto and Pittsburgh all facing off against each other. So that's a lot of good offensive teams um, playing each other and good offensive teams at home to to very bad teams. Now, one of them is Buffalo at home to Ottawa. And, like, I'm racking my brain about whether this is gonna be a high owned spot or not. And I know it seems really stupid to say that and trust me, it like just hearing it out loud now that I've said it out loud for the first time, like I, it's just kind of hitting me what I'm actually saying. But again, you have Florida at home to the Rangers. Uh, you have Chicago or Nashville at home to Chicago and you have San Jose at home to Detroit. like those are three you know, say what you want about San Jose, um, since Meyer and Hurdle were put together, they've been pretty good, and they, they still draw a lot of ownership, so those are three spots, I think, that will carry a lot of ownership, and then again, Washington against Boston, and and Toronto against Pittsburgh, like, I really, I can see myself having a lot of the Buffalo top line here tonight, on Saturday night, um, just because I don't think they're going to be as high-owned as they should be. Like, this is an absolute smash spot. Like, you know, Ottawa is a bottom-three team defensively. Um, They're taking almost four penalties per game, which is, like, near the top of the league, like the league high. Actually, I think it is the top of the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So there's a team taking the most penalties uh, (laughs) against a team with full power play correlation on top, and Victor Olison who... You know, hasn't been great at 5-on-5 five five this year, but has, you know, at least earlier in the season, littered up on the power play. So, I don't know if you have to use Dallin or not, and that's where things start to get expensive, is if you include him um, into the full stack. But at least that top line, I think I'm going to have a fair amount because I don't think they're going to be as chalky as people might think. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I think I'd probably disagree with you on the jockiness. I mean, there's three or four games where I think that's basically where all the ownership's going to go, and this is going to be one of them because you're looking at it's Ottawa, they're on a road back-to-back. They've got Craig Anderson in that. That's a like you said, man. It's a smash spot, and people aren't stupid. Like, hopefully they, you know, listen to us or whatever, but. In general, like people know where the smash spots are. And you, you nailed it. Like Buffalo's top line is in one of the best spots on the slate. You know, they've got the full correlation. Olifson's a little cheaper cause he kind of sucks at five on five, but everything you said is bang on, minus the ownership.
0: Yeah, but like okay, okay. they're gonna But let's just do them. let's just do some math. Okay, let's say Florida's twenty percent. Okay,
1: that that seems aggressive. I'd say like eighteen. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: okay, I'll even say eighteen percent. Let's say they're eighteen. Nashville comes in at fifteen, and between San Jose's top two lines, they're both at you know they come in at twenty total, right? So now you that's- think in San Jose is going to be that high? At home to Detroit? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Last game on the slate, though.
0: I don't care. Yeah, no. I mean,
1: you don't care, but people care, man. I,
0: I know. You, I know what you're. I know what you're saying, but I think that,
1: like I think on a f- on a full Saturday slate, the top people two. people pass on that late late game
0: because
1: <sighs> they want to go out and fucking drink or whatever, and they okay. don't want to worry about lines.
0: Okay, so. I'll say fifteen percent then. Fair. All right. The top two lines. Good lord. Think to Buffalo at home on this sleep, but then you have, you know, half, half the ownership taken up by uh, Florida, Nashville, San Jose. Um, and then you still have to deal with uh, Pittsburgh at home to Toronto. And then Washington, like I said, Washington going into Boston. Like, I don't think, you know, I think the Buffalo should be 15 to 20% and I just don't think they will be.
1: I mean, I agree to disagree on this one. I think they're going to be probably second to, uh, to Florida.
0: All right. But I mean, I'm, the...
1: I, I'm just saying, like, yes, they're going to be fantastic. Have a bunch of them. You know, if you enter a bunch of lineups, like, make sure you have a shit ton of Buffalo One. But be prepared for higher ownership. That's it. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I mean, I don't. I just don't feel like arguing. It's ten o'clock on a Friday night. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm just not. Like, I'm kind of spent right yes. now. So, hey, man, like,
1: do you like anything on the auto side or no?
0: I mean, I usually probably not. I mean, T- Tyler Ennis has become kind of like a favorite of mine because he's kind of used – because he's been using on the power play, and I see that he scored here tonight, which is good news. But I <laughs> just, I just. Uh, no, in general no. <laughs> like I just don't like So
1: even with the Sabres having the worst uh penalty kill? No. Fair enough.
0: I mean define worst penalty kill. Uh
1: eight goals per sixty.
0: Yeah, but they also have only taken fifty one penalties in eighteen games, which is like two point what, eight five per game, which is considerably less than uh the league average. Like they're one of the least penalized teams in the NHL.
1: Yeah, but when they are on the penalty kill, they <laughs> fucking suck. So okay,
0: uh, okay, yeah, but it's not like you know, it's not like they're facing Washington or no.
1: But so like no, no interest in like I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not
0: gonna, I'm not gonna say no interest right now. I mean, like, come on, man, the pricing just came out two hours ago, and I still have. You know, I got twenty-two hours to make a decision here. So, I mean, I'm not paying fifty-nine hundred for JG Pajot. I can tell you that much. I'm... No, no,
1: just just looking at power play, guys. You know, Paggio, uh is doing all this without fucking playing on the power play.
0: Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. It's
1: it's just stupid. Um, way better than Johnny T. Well, that's actually bearing fruit like, finally.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a lot crazier than that guy that was saying Deneau is pretty much just Bergeron Light or whatever. And I, I, and, you, and like I like Deneau. I like. I think. Like I think he's a good player. Um, I think that was a good trade for the like a great trade for the Habs. Amazing trade. Uh, yeah, when they got it, they got him and a second round pick. Like I think Deneau is you know a second line center. Uh, just Bergeron Light is kind of a bridge too far for me. Yeah. Um, now, just looking at goalie's cursory across the slate, like I just, I'm just i not going to take a lot of time on this, just a couple minutes. Like I said, I think I'm probably going to have a fair amount of Lundqvist just because I think it'll be a great leverage play over Florida. You know, if Lundqvist has a good game, um, you're ahead of, what, like 25% of the field immediately. Um, so Lundqvist is one. Uh, we'll see who goes for Chicago. I assume it's going to be Leonard. Leonard would be another one I would love because that guy's probably going to see 40 shots in this game. Um, those are kind of the two that are standing out to me. Like, is there anybody in, like, I know I hate talking goalies too, but um, is there anybody in net that you're kind of looking at? Like, I can, like, I imagine Leonard and Lunkfist see a lot of rubber. So that's kind of why I like them both and they're both cheap.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on board with both of those guys. Uh, this is, John Gibson, he's only 7,300. St. Louis on the back-to-back. Problem is, St. Louis doesn't shoot a whole hell of a lot, but they also haven't really been scoring a whole hell of a lot. So, I mean, win expectancy-wise, save expectancy-wise, Gibson's fine. The new DraftKings, who knows if that's actually a good play or not. But no, like I haven't really focused too much on goalies. I'd consider Keith Kincaid. Oh, no, he's 8,300. Never mind. (sighs) Fuck. Yeah. No, every goalie is absolute trash tomorrow. (sighs) Yeah, no, i look at Lundquist, uh, Leonard Crawford, whichever one's playing, and then John Gibson, and that's about it.
0: Yeah, I like like that John Gibson call, because you're right about the shot volume. The shot volume is a concern, but for me, shot volume's a concern when a goalie's 8,100. You know what I mean? When a goalie's seventy three hundred, that kind of changes the equation a little bit, so it's not as concerning. All right, so that kind of wraps it up for me. Do you? Is there any any other lines? Anything else that you you wanted to touch on? Because that's about all I have right now.
1: Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some nice lines. I like, mean, there,
0: yeah, there's a lot we haven't talked about. Like we didn't right, touch like, on Boston. We didn't touch on the Toronto Pittsburgh game, like whatsoever. Um, Nashville, Chicago, we didn't touch on. San Jose, Detroit, but I mean, like there's only, yeah. only so some...
1: um, Sorry to cut you off. No, yeah, no, no, I know. There's there's only so much that we can talk about. But uh, Anaheim's top line, Getzlaff, Richie, Kasha. Horrible matchup against St. Louis. They'll see Ryan O'Reilly. They'll see Bennington and net. But um, you pointed it out to me in chat the other day that they've played like 80 plus minutes together and they're just dominating possession and that hasn't really translated to a whole lot of actual goals yet but they do play the power play together they're super cheap so they can pair with you know if you want to pair them with Was- washington too perfect um i would definitely have some interest in them other than that i think pretty much covered it all like I, I try to avoid teams on back-to-backs.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on, on Anaheim. Like, I had them penciled as one of the lines just because the prices have gone down. Like, Getzlaff was, I think he was 6,300, 6,200 on the last slate. He's 56 on this one. Uh, Kasha went down, I think, a few hundred. Um, Richie stayed about the same. So the line overall is about $1,000 cheaper than they were um, on in the last game. And you're right about the matchup, so... I think it'll be one of those things where I don't think maybe I I might have one or two shares. Um I it's not a line that I'll build around, but I, I, I thank you for pointing that out because they are they have been a really good line since they've been put together.
1: Yeah, they're just like a nice cheap secondary line that's actually a top line and good metrics, good price. They play late, low ownership.
0: Right. Yeah. But... No, I agree. All right. Well that wraps it up for Uh, this week's um, tic-tac-toe, but before we go a new segment that we started last week Um, each week Adam and I are going to take a minute or two to talk about our favorite tilting moments uh, of the previous week, so while I let Adam gather his thoughts a little bit unquestionably uh, Monday night um, Carolina at home against the Senators, if I'm not mistaken, that was an 8-2 game Uh, and I went Carolina Josh Stack it's not something I do a lot, and if people out there listening are unfamiliar, Josh Stack um, is simply when you you use uh, six players from the same team uh, in your DraftKings lineup, because you can use up to six, um, because you need, out of the eight skaters, you need to pick from three teams, so you can go 6-1-1. I had six Carolina skaters, including Dougie Hamilton, uh, Sebastian Ajo, and Andrei Sveshnikov, and they scored eight goals, and I barely... Like, I don't mean, like, I was at the top. I was at the top, near the top of the leaderboard after the second period. That was the night um, all the games started at the same time. They all started at 7 Eastern. Um, And after the second period of the slate, I was near the top, and then the third period, everything just fell apart uh, because it was mostly Carolina depth and defenseman getting points after that. Uh, Eight goals, and I needed, uh, I think Mrazek started. I needed Mrazek. To get the win in... uh, No, not Mrazi. It was some results. Some results, I needed... Whoever was playing, I needed the goalie to get the shootout win. Just to scrape across the cash line. That's where I was standing. After using six Carolina players in a game where they scored eight goals. Like, I mean... Sometimes... you. Like, obviously, with small slates like that, if you don't have the right combination of players, you're just not going to win. It's just really frustrating. Like, obviously, Carolina's in a smash spot. They're at home um, against Ottawa, so a lot of people are on Carolina, and that's why I went with the Josh stack. It's just really, really frustrating <laughs> when you have six players from a team that score eight goals and you need uh, a goaltender in a shootout to pick up the win just to cash. So that was my tilt of the week. Not a good night. What's yours?
1: Um. Well, I've got the brain of a I don't know elephant or whatever. Whatever forgets things, so I can only remember back to last night. Um. But it works out. It's something I've bitched about many, many times, and it's Arizona beat writers. So one writer had speculated that it was going to be uh, Schmaltz Garland and Christian Dvorak as a line, and I was like, perfect big fan of that line, big fan of Garland, put them together, put Brent Burns in there, and 7.45, 7.50, whatever it was, 10 minutes before the Arizona game started, because it was an hour later than Locke, um, the Coyotes' account tweets out the projected lineup, and it's Kessel and it's not Garland. So I'm like, fuck. So... Don't have enough money to switch it up one for one, so I have to drop Burns down to Kale McCarr. And what happens is Garland is actually on that line. Garland scores a goal. Burns goes bananas in that game. And I miss cashing by, like, I don't know, 10 points or something. So that, that was my thing. I hate team accounts, and I hate beat writers, specifically Arizona.
0: Yeah, it's just the fact, yeah, and sorry about that, that does suck. Um, it's just the fact that no one goes on the road, right? They don't have a single beat writer that goes on the road, so. No, exactly,
1: and I mean, part of it's my own fault for paying attention, and that's the other thing, is like, people at the start of the day who were like, oh, it's going to be Garland, well, they get rewarded because they don't fucking go on Twitter 24-7 and see the team account,
0: so. well, And did you learn something then?
1: Uh, not, not really. Cause
0: <laughs> you're just going to keep doing the same. Shit <laughs> I'm going to have to keep doing it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel you on that. Well, that very, that is tilt worthy and I'm sure won't be the last time that we tilt, um, Arizona line combinations this season. Uh, so that does wrap it up for the pod this week. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we're going to try to be back again next week. So for Adam Daly, this is Michael Clifford. You can come find our work, um, over at DauberHockey.com, I'm over at Osmo. Adams over at uh, Fantasy Golf Insiders. So um, you can find our work everywhere. Um, and thanks again just for listening in. We'll be back next week. Take care, everybody.